welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to 2018 and to episode 37 of the podcast. This is the first episode of the year, and I am excited once again to have Sangram on the program. How are you, my friend? I'm excited. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff happening at the beginning of New Year for us, and uh, I'm just super, super pumped. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys are starting off the year with a bang, which we're going to get into that in just a moment. Hey, do you realize that the last time that we did a podcast together was May of last year? And ironically, uh, based on what we're going to talk about today, the title of that podcast was Mo Money, Mo Problems. And I and I made reference to uh, <laughs> the famous Notorious B.I.G. because you guys had just raised... I believe around $10 million at that time. And so we were talking a little bit about the fundraising, but we were also talking about ABM and some of the plans and, and uh, what was going to go on for the rest of the year. And hey, folks, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and, and grab it. It's a, it's a good one and in great context to what we're going to talk about today, which is if you didn't catch the news, um, there has been a great acquisition and great merger taking place. And Sangram, I'll let you share the news so that everybody can get the details. So what happened yesterday? Yesterday was a great day. We finished our acquisition of BrightFunnel. So Terminus has acquired BrightFunnel. BrightFunnel is a leader in uh, analytics, especially when it comes to B2B uh, and ABM. People have been thinking about how do you measure success of their programs. And, and we all know, as most companies and marketing uh, functions, that Measuring success is one of the hardest things to do. It's almost still today, like I think everybody says, well, we can get as close to this as possible, but not perfect. So analytics is, is really one of those things. And from an ABM perspective, I think oh, it has been even worse because people are saying, oh, we get ABM, we can do it. It makes sense to focus on the right accounts and all that stuff. But how do I still measure success? And the metrics have changed. Uh, the game has changed really so we're really excited to finish our acquisition with, uh, with BrightFunnel that leapfrogs us almost two years uh, in our product roadmap. So I'll, I'll, congratulations, man. I, I, I am so excited for you. I'm so excited for all the Terminators there at Terminus, and I'm excited for the, the BrightFunnel team and know all the folks over there have had Dana uh, on the podcast as well, and um, I'm just excited for, for all of you. Let me ask you a question because this acquisition is very different than some of the ones that we have, most of the ones that we've seen happen mm -hmm. in the MarTech industry, right? We've seen acquisitions that Oracle has made, that Marketo has made, that SAP has made, that Salesforce has made. This is the one of the first ones that I can think of that are really two companies that are still in that high growth, early stage that are coming together. And I think the question that I have for you is, you know, why? Why why are you guys acquiring them? What what was the genesis for that and you know what led into it? Yeah, sure. Um so the relationship, I mean, as you said, like Martech is also like such a small uh industry, right? Almost everybody knows everybody in some way, shape or form or has crossed paths. Um so obviously uh, I know Nadine uh, who's the founder CEO and now Chris Mann who's the CEO of Pride Fall. Uh, for almost like a year, year and a half. And as the ABM journey progressed and, and people were familiar with account-based marketing, 
I think most people know that in the last two years, the, the thing, you know, almost there are so many more technologies out there, so many more ways that people are talking about ABM. So it has just skyrocketed. And BrightFunnel was one of the very first companies that kind of started to move in the direction of creating different metrics to measure success when it came to ABM. So Terminus always worked on and is still focused on our core businesses. How do we help marketers do ABM, right? And, and we do that through advertising and all different channels uh, through LinkedIn and, and, you know, all the display ad networks. But then the problem becomes, well, how do I measure it? And BrightFunnel was the very first company, and that was the most exciting thing for us. They said, you know what, we're going to tackle the other problem. You guys go tackle the problem of how marketers can do ABM. We're going to tackle the problem of how marketers can measure ABM. And, and to us, that was great. So we have been working with them, partnerships in some way, shape, or form. And very interestingly, and this is where you can see that you know Destiny had his kind of breadcrumbs all over the place, a uh, few months ago, uh, Peter Herbert, uh, who we hired as our VP of marketing, he essentially uh, switched from another provider to BrightFunnel, and he said, hey, we just don't need to partner with them. We actually need to use them. And that was a big inflection point for us. We were like, okay, wait a minute. If we, as a company that preaches ABM, is doing ABM, and if we need BrightFunnel, then maybe there's more to it, and, and let's see. So we're going to start creating roadmaps. We started to put roadmaps together that in some way, shape, or form kind of started to look a little bit similar to what BrightFunnel has. Um, and then, you know, the conversations kind of uh, started to, to emerge. And, and really in the last two weeks uh, of the, when everybody's on vacation and everybody's trying to kind of take it easy, uh, everything kind of accelerated. And, uh, and we're so lucky and excited to have this as part of our story now. That was really cool. And it's, um, it's amazing how those things can sometimes happen. Little things turn into big things and discovering and using their product. Uh, we have, you know, DemandGen helps people with marketing technology. My company um, works with mostly mid and enterprise customers. We do have some SMB customers that are really more VC funded, high growth companies. And, you know, all of them these days pretty much have anywhere from eight to 20 different marketing technologies. And we keep a heat map of what those technologies and footprints look like in our clients. And as you pointed out, BrightFunnel has been one of those that have shown up a lot. There's some others out there too, uh, as well as Terminus and uh, Engageo and PFL and Leadspace and just, you know, all of our different uh, MarTech partners, um, you know, are in our clients. But we also use a lot of those tools ourselves, and we have the same conversations, which is, wow, such a great product, such a great um, solution, and how you discover those. So congratulations um, you know, on that, which uh, I'm sure was uh, a different holiday for some of the executives <laughs> and, and the team. Uh, not as much downtime as they might normally have as they work through all the, the logistics and still a ton to yeah. sort out. Some questions that people are going to have that I want to answer for them on the program um, such as, and maybe you haven't figured some of these out, Sangram, and let's be transparent if we haven't, because it's all yep. pretty new, but you know, what does it mean for the two brands? Any, any plans there? I yeah. said, you know, the Terminators, which I know you call your team, the Terminators. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think you can morph that into something else, but big picture, what does it probably mean for the two brands going forward? Yeah. And you, you're absolutely right. I think almost everything is work in progress. And, and, and I've, I've gone through, like, and as, as you know, I, I ran marketing at Pardot and we went through the acquisition of Exact Target, and then I was with Salesforce. So I went through like two back-to-back -back acquisitions. So one thing I learned from those acquisitions was that 
never try to just kind of bring things together and say this is the way to be done, right? Just because you acquired a company, don't don't do that. And Salesforce really, really did that. Like they made sure that they did not when when we got acquired by uh, by Salesforce. Salesforce said for the first year we're not going to do anything. We're just going to open up our customer base for you to go sell to them. You keep your thing. You keep your website. You keep your teams. As a matter of fact, they invested more in our teams, um, and and we grew. So much more, and and now you, you know, like Pardot is a big part of the Salesforce uh, revenue stream. So, so from that experience, and and many of the other people on the team, from our all of our collective experiences, we decided to kind of follow kind of a similar model, uh, which is in the first few months of this one, and clearly it's not large of an acquisition as, as you know, Salesforce is a company and, and Pardot is a company, uh, but it is large enough for our company to make sure that we kind of treat it the same way. So for the first few months, we bright funnel is bright funnel and terminus is terminus. And we are going to try, and we're going to figure out a way for that company. And we have pretty much retained, um, you know, almost all the, all the employees, you know, we have, or we call it terminators, as you said, they have retained all the engineering team. As a matter of fact, we're adding more engineers to that team because that product is phenomenal. Um, and because we already use it, we know how great it is. So, we, for the first few months, our game plan is to make sure that the confidence and trust in every single Terminator that is now part of this, this team, as well as every one of the customers on both sides is maintained. If we can do that in the first three to six months, then I think we can do wonders after that because there's a whole game plan of like, how do we create different versions of this thing and how do we pull it together uh, and, and sky's the limit on that side. But for the first six months, we want to maintain the trust and respect of every single Terminator on both sides that this is a good thing. And then more importantly, we also want to make sure that we maintain the trust and respect of every single customer. Because as you know, a lot of marketers reporting and analytics is how they keep their job. So we know how serious this is. We don't want to disrupt a lot of these customers who have uh, just bought their products and things like that. So for us, the game plan is to just keep it as is, make sure it's working right, the trust and respect is maintained, and then uh, we start creating plans to, to figure out how do we integrate, how do we double down on certain things, how do we bring a maybe a lighter version of it or a, a create more versions of it. Like There's so many ideas over there. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, you know, you, you bring up, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I think, make the point, which is what matters most in an acquisition and going forward is that you align the company's core values together and you align customer service strategy together and you align purpose and passion together and the teams together and you figure out everything else. If you get stuck, you know, I learned this now being a CEO for over a decade, you know, if you get stuck trying to figure out what everything is going to be and how it's going to happen as you engage in these, you know, major initiatives, you, you'll stall yourself and you'll just, you know, you, you can get so caught up in all the planning process that you don't execute, maybe even talk yourself out of it. Um, but if you know that, if your instincts tell you that this is the right thing, and if you see and have a vision and you want to go, um, you know, implement against that, just go forward and, and you'll figure it all out. You just, you know, you're smart people and, you know, you'll align to the, the journey together. And it's just more about having a great team and a great culture uh, with a set of guiding principles and core values that are in alignment and everything else will fall in place as you as you charge ahead. Yeah, and David, I think to that point, I think that was the really the most important thing. And this almost sound may sound like cliche because I've heard this from other people. I'm like, yeah, of course you you know you say that, but it is so true. Having gone through 
in my in my lifetime the first time of acquiring another company i'm i've always been on the other side now i'm on the other uh, different side so or the opposite side the cultural aspects of the all the people that we met on the bike funnel team is really what made this happen at an accelerated pace and i cannot sh- like you know talk about that more than uh, then, then, I mean, that's the most important thing. I think we obviously love the product. We, use, we are a big user of the product. We understand that that's where our roadmap is. But what really sealed the deal and made it as fast as it did in the last uh, few weeks was because when we kind of really started to explore this idea and actually met a lot of the team members beyond just the management team, they all started to, we all started to talk about the same thing. Hey, here's our value prop, and here's our core value, and here's and and we could see the passion that we have in them, and and that's not standard, right? You know, you always think, and you you and I were talking about this before uh, we started, uh, we hit the record button, uh, is that how important it is to make sure that everyone we hire uh, as you know founders and CEOs of the company, like everyone we hire what they feel and how they think about the culture. Culture is what makes or breaks company. We all know that, not great products. Products are great and it's awesome to have great products, but that's not breaks or makes a company. What makes a company great, we all know, is the culture. And when we met each and every one of the team members over there, uh, I, I tell you that it was, you know, we had tears in our eyes, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, with a lot of the members on the team as they met. And it's not just like one or two, like there was several members on our team met several members on their side. And that created more of the relationship and bond that, you know, you can't put a dollar amount on it. So we know we're going to get create great products and we already have awesome products and great customers who vouch for it. Uh, but what we're going to really, really do is create great culture on both sides. And we have like no doubt that there are 40 more people right now in San Francisco. All of a sudden we have a San Francisco office and we feel like we can just walk into that just like we walk into the Atlanta office. And that's something worth uh, feeling happy about. Well, you know what this means for me selfishly is that because you now have a San Francisco office, you're going to be here more often. and We're going to get together and, and go out and dine. So that'll be awesome. Congratulations again. I'm excited for for both teams and I'm excited to see how this uh, shapes up. And, you know, maybe this is the first of more to come. Maybe there are some other CEOs and leaders at some other MarTech companies going, hmm, smart move, built, you know, peanut butter and jelly coming together. One and one is three. Um, Maybe they're starting to think about who they have in their ecosystem that might make a good um, acquisition or merger target. Because we know we're going to see a lot of consolidation. There's way too many separate tools out there and separate solutions. And um, the more that comes together, the easier it is for us to to buy technology from, I wouldn't say a single vendor, but less vendors, uh, the better often things are. Absolutely. I think we, you know, when we talked about, like we said in May, um, I think we both talked about that. I don't know if you talked about on the podcast, but I know off the podcast, we definitely talked about, man, 2018, as we were starting to predict 2018, we said, man, there are going to be some consolidations. There are going to, it has to happen. There are 5,000 plus vendors uh, who are trying to get the same share of wallet uh, at the end of the day. So there has to happen some of these things. Either some companies will go away or some companies that stay, they're going to figure out what's the right fit and, and figure those things out. And, for life of me, I would not have predicted that we would be the first one to get this thing started in 2018. So we feel very lucky and blessed to have that opportunity. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Awesome. 
Let's talk a little bit more about uh, 2018 and the road ahead because we both have some big initiatives, big goals. I think I shared with you that I am working on a new book and plan to have that out in 2018. My my working title right now is is called The Full Stack Marketer, and it's all about you know how to integrate and and which tools to um, pull together. And I don't mean by brand necessarily, but what does it mean to be a full stack marketer and how do you go about from where you are today, which is maybe just marketing automation and CRM uh, and rolling out a stack and doing that uh, successfully and getting value from that. So I'm now in the interview stage, conducting a lot of interviews with marketing operations leaders and CMOs and CEOs and just pulling a lot of research uh, together. But I've got a good good start on it and hope to have that out. Um, I'm shooting for the middle of the year trying to accelerate wow. that but i certainly don't want to go beyond that that you know this will be my second book the first book manufacturing demand uh, has done incredibly well i crossed the 10,000 uh, mark last year which would which would put me on oh, the new wow. york Beautiful. times bestseller list however i i give most of the copies away so i think i'm on the new york times best giver list as i like to say but this will be a fun <laughs> A fun new book to work on, and I'm excited. And if any of you are listening out there and, and want to raise your hand and, and have a conversation with me about what you guys are doing in terms of your MarTech stack, um, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Love to keep talking uh, to various folks and seeing how you're approaching your stack and your departmental structure and your priorities and, and the success or lack thereof that you're, that you're having, putting the case studies together. What about for you? What's, uh, what's big on the list for 2018? So on the list for 2018, a lot of things. The one thing that I, I want to share, and I'm super excited, and you and I have been talking about this, is we are, build, we are putting together our next uh, big flip map on our conference in Boston, August 8th. Uh, we'll have uh, ABMEs, which is where we kind of uh, celebrate all the great successes of amazing ABM players in the, in the market. Um, and it, it has become an industry conference. The last conference we did in 2017, uh, you were there. We had about 1,500 people uh, in San Francisco. So this time we're doing one conference. Uh, it's going to be in Boston, August 8th. The tickets go on sale, uh, I guess, next week. Um, so if people want to get on early, they can go to flipmonfall.com and, and get on the early uh, early ticket for early bird sale. The most exciting thing about this conference now is, is the team. We've been thinking about humanizing B2B. And similar to you, I'm talking to a ton of people who are helping me shape uh, like the whole theme, the whole content for this conference. So if you have ideas around uh, speakers or content or even ideas around what it really means to you when it comes to humanizing B2B, well, shoot me a note and uh, we'll love to chat. I, uh, I have some great speaker ideas uh, for you for the conference. And um, let's cover that again, just in case anybody missed it. August 8th in Boston, uh, the Flip My Funnel conference, and you say uh, tickets go on sale starting next week, so they can get some early bird pricing, which is great. I did go to the conference last year, did speak at the conference last year, and it was phenomenal in San Francisco. Um, really, really great. Very, very well attended. And what I like, I think what's really different, the way that you approach your conferences, is there's a ton of due diligence spent on the speakers. And, you know, we all get value from going to a conference if the right folks are there from a networking perspective, but hey, let's face it, the majority of the time we're sitting in sessions and hearing uh, various folks share their insights and, and teachings and you know it all comes down to the the quality of the content. You guys do a great job, so I will lean in there and help you with uh, some some ideas, some speakers that I've seen over the last several years, and some people that we brought into our events and such, and and uh, help you out. No no doubt about it. Um, 
Thanks. One other thing, I know that uh, you're a crazy man. Your team is going to do a daily podcast, which started a couple days ago. Um, talk to me about that. What 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 caused you from going from where you were to go? You know, what, let's let's do it. <laughs> let's do it daily. Yeah, I mean that's another thing that uh, you know you and I talked about. It's like, well, can it get any more crazy? Well, it just got uh, crazier. Um, so we are doing a daily podcast. And it's, again, a flip my phone podcast. And the whole idea is that how do we bring the community together in more ways than just one conference that happens to be on a random day in a random city? Uh, how, do we, how do we engage with the community on a much more regular basis and just have that conversation? And, you know, so last year we did podcasts and we just literally released the recorded versions of some of the sessions from our conference. We have about hundred of hundreds, 120 or so of those recorded sessions. So if we got like, you know, thousands of downloads on the Flip My Funnel podcast and we're like, you know what, maybe there's something to it. Like, you know, people have commute time, people have downtime, people are just listening to all that. People are actually starting to listen to a lot of podcasts, which is amazing that, you know, you were doing as well. So I'm like, what if we just did a daily podcast of 10, 15 minutes? We'll, we'll you know, someday it will be some interviewing somebody like you, somebody like in marketing or sales. Uh, our customer success. Uh, someday it will be sharing our story of how we're what we're doing as a startup. Someday it might be um, just thanking somebody because they wrote an incredible blog on flipmyfunnel.com uh, that is inspiring and that is practical and that is something people can take note of. So what if there are so many things to do and talk about? So we just decided that instead of sending a bunch of emails inside the company, like this is great, this is awesome, why not share it with the community? So. It's a daily podcast. You can go check it out on Flip My Funnel uh, podcast uh, on iTunes and uh, subscribe to it. And I promise that it will be, if nothing else, it will be fun and entertaining. So that's something that you can count on for sure. Well, you know, maybe there's a lot of content you and I need to cover this year. Maybe one of the things that we should do is do a podcast on why podcast in terms of B2B marketing. Um, Because you and I have definitely figured out, yeah, let's do it. Um, you and I have figured out this recipe, and for those of you listening, you know, you're listening, you're not seeing anything, and I imagine most of you are uh, in marketing, who tune into uh, Demand Gen Radio. There's no slides. There's no, there's no work yeah. that has to create visuals for this. The way that you can do a daily podcast, like Sangram and his team are doing, and for us to do Demand Gen Radio, is because it's all about the content. It's all about the, you know, who is on the podcast, and that's that's the content. That's the information. There's no visuals to create. So it's a much easier form factor to be able to share insights like you're getting today. Uh, and so if you haven't added podcast into your marketing mix, um, Sangram, let's do a podcast on, you know, the, breaking it down, demystifying, putting a podcast together, how to host it, what technology to use. Um, that'd be a fun one uh, to do together. And I, I really enjoy doing it. I love it. I mean, it's so easy to have a conversation with the people that you know, the people that you work with. And it's just, you know, I, I'm, you know, this came together, what, in, in 36 hours or something like that. Once the news was about to break, uh, we said, let's let's tell the story about um, why the merger, why the acquisition, and, and hit a few other things as well. And thanks for taking time. Before we wrap up, Sangram, uh, you, you touched on a topic around why, why tune into a podcast. And I don't know exactly how you say it, but it triggered something in my head. And I think one of the things that marketers should be also picking up on, and it started with social media, is that because we have phones in our hands and because we have easy access to browsers pretty much everywhere we go through the internet, 
And there's so much content being generated on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on social media. And I'm not going to talk about the quality of that content. I'm just saying there is so much information. There are master classes and learning. What we're starting to see with humans uh, is that there is an addiction to learning. There's an addiction to information. Yeah. And I think that's a very important topic that I want to leave people thinking with as they begin the end, the beginning of the year is that there is no doubt an addiction to education and information. And if marketers, if you can figure out how to capitalize on that thirst that your customers and prospects have for quality information, it's really going to help you this year as you lay out your content strategy, how to how to feed that. And I'm I'm addiction's not a, a positive word, but I'm using it in a very positive way. Uh, and hope yep. hope that marketers do as well. Any thoughts on that before we wind up? And in terms of your experiences and what you're seeing there, man, that is such a really that is such a big idea. And I hope that that is that maybe the only thing maybe they forget everything we talked about the whole time. But if they can take what you just said, I think that will be well worth everyone's time is how do we get addicted to learning uh, and and something that david cancel who's the ceo of drift um, and i had him on the podcast recently he said was dude he, he buys a lot of books and reads he had like five companies all of them had successful exits and things like that so obviously he's doing something right uh, about hiring and, and learning and he said that the one thing that has been the best thing for him and, and that has really helped him kind of grow as a person pers- uh, personally as well as professionally has been this idea that of learning. And I said, well, tell me, just, just break it down for me. And he said, look, I buy a ton of books, but here's the thing. I don't necessarily read all the books page to cover to cover. I'm like, yeah, that's like me, but I sometimes feel like I'm wasting money. I'm like, that's where you go wrong. Where you go right is if you get one idea from that book and you might get that in the first chapter, you might get that from the, just the topic of the book or, or maybe in the second or the last chapter, whatever it is, if you get one idea from that book that you can go and implement or do something about Man, that's it. You have kind of reaped 10x the value of that book. So learning is such an important thing. And the more people I talk to and learn from, I feel like that is the number one thing they do and never ceases to amaze me how important that is. It, that, that is great advice. You know, uh, ironically, I have David coming up on the podcast, so we'll dig into that a little bit more, okay. maybe ex- explode this topic. Um, when I wrote Manufacturing Demand, my first book, that's exactly the strategy that I took. I said two things. One, I want to make it snack size enough. I want to do about 140 pages so that someone could read this on a f- you know, flight across the country because I, my publisher told me, scared me actually. He said, do you know that only one in 10 books that are purchased are read? And he goes, and Dave, your strategy is to give your book away primarily for free as electronic download and to prospects and customers. You give, you know, hard copy, you're going to give hard copies out every time you speak. And, and so I said, hmm, I wrote every chapter so that you could read a chapter of the book. If you want to learn how to do lead scoring, you can read chapter five and boom, you've got our methodologies and frameworks for how to do lead scoring. So I took that approach. Don't know how many people do that, read one chapter or such, but I know the accolades that I've got from the book about people you know, saying, I read the book right before I went in for a job interview and it helped me land the job. I love those emails <laughs> that I get. Uh, and others that a uh, company down in Southern California said, hey, he goes, I read the book cover to cover, uh, implemented all the systems and strategies that you uh, put forward. So it was, it was cool. I'm glad David shared that because I'm a big proponent of that as well. I'll, I love going to bookstores the little that are left and grabbing books off the shelf and just kind of <laughs> tuning out and reading a few chapters and reading some information and, and grabbing maybe a book or two that I really like. 
Good stuff, man. Hat. There's, there's. I love every time we get together. There's so much uh, that we can talk about and so much information to share. But I am so glad that you're able to take a quick break this morning and share a little bit more of the insights around the acquisition. Congratulations to you and the team again. And for everybody listening, welcome to 2018. Let's all make this the best year that we've had professionally, hopefully personally as well. Uh, it's a very exciting time to be alive. It's an incredible time to be a marketer. And so go forward, make it your best year. Sangram, all the best to you and the team. And I know, have no doubt that I will see you soon. Thanks everybody for tuning in. And thank you, Sangram, for being on the program. It was exciting. Thank you. All right, buddy. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.